कृष्ण पृष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति स्वामिने नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषा शून्यवादी पाश्चातिणे जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंदीअद्वैत गाधरा श्रीवासादी गौरभक्तवृंद नमो महावदन्या कृष्ण प्रेम प्रदायते कृष्णाय कृष्ण चैतन्य नाने गौरत्षे नम नमो ब्रह्मण्यदेवाय गोभ्राह्मणहिताय जगद्धिताय कृष्णाय गोविंदय नमो नम हे कृष्णा करुणा सिंधु दीनबंधो जगत्पते गोपेश गोपिका कांता राधा कांत नमोस्तुते सप्त कांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी ऋषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिये वाचाकलतरुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतितना पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवभ्यो नमो नम हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे ओम अज्ञान तिमिरांदस्य ज्ञानं जनश्चलाकया चक्षुरुन्मिलितम्मेनतस्मयश्रीगुरुवेनमहारेकृष्णाएवरीवानकम्सअगेनआईसीप्रफुलइन्ड्रफुलफुलफुलफुलफुलफुलफुलफुलफ
they are going to defame you they are going to call you ill names they will think that you are weak and that's why you have left this battlefield and ran you have run away and arjuna is not a ordinary person he is a great warrior himself so he doesn't want to take all that infamy and krishna also says that how by not fighting he is going to accrue a lot of papa but at the same time if he fights and does his duty of a kshatriya then he is going to elevate it to the heavenly planets so that going to be a very wonderful thing so krishna has explained to him that how by fighting he is going to become victorious not just in this planet but also he will also gain a lot of fame in the upper planets so that is how a lot of things we have discussed so let's begin today with the very beautiful section of this chapter 2 and that is beginning from verse number 39 so from 39 to 53 2.39 to 2.53 krishna is now going to put a lot of shine on this particular section called buddhi yoga so he is going to tell us that how we need to act in yoga how we need to act in union with the supreme lord there are beautiful concepts that he is going to review and let's begin so today we had uh, dev who was the first one to join us today so i want dev to unmute himself and please repeat okay so verse number 39 all of you please try to chant it loudly at your places it will be really nice eshate bihita sankhe बुद्धियोगे शुणु बुद्धियाुक्त यर्मबंधम प्रहास्यसी वंडरफुल वंस अगेन एषातेता सांख्ये बुद्धिर्योगे शुणु बुद्धियाुक्त यथ कर्मबंधम प्रहास्यसी वंडरफुल प्लीज रिपीट द ट्रांसलेशन दस फार आई हैव डिक्लेर टू यू the analytical knowledge of sankhya philosophy now listen to the knowledge of yoga where by one works without fruitive result o son of prita when you act by such intelligence you can free yourself from the bondage of world sorry it is bondage of works yeah thank you so much so this is very interesting and a wonderful shloka so it is a transition from the previous section to the next section and from karma kanda now we are going to move to buddhi yoga 
and it is very interesting to know here Krishna is saying Esha de Vihita Sankhe Sankhya, Sankhya philosophy so Sankhya Sankhya means counts you know Sankhya means analytical study Sankhya means number Sankhya means counting so Sankhya Sankhya philosophy is one of the Shad Darshanas so in Indian uh, system of knowledge there are six philosophies there is Vedanta there is Sankhya there is Karma Mimamsa there is Nyaya there is Patanjali so there are all together these six branches and of course later on uh, the expansions of that where Jainism and uh, many other Nirvisheshavadi uh, that is even Buddhist uh, philosophy is also sometimes included in our Vedic tradition but Sankhya is a very prominent uh, philosophy in India and Sankhya it deals with the analytical study of the human existence so basically there are 24 elements the 25th element being the time and 26th element the Atman so Sankhya was originally taught by Lord Kapila. Lord Kapila is an incarnation of Krishna, of Vishnu. So this Lord Kapila has beautifully explained this Sankhya philosophy originally to his own mother called Devahuti. This pastime called Kapila Gita, it comes in the Srimad Bhagavatam third canto, very beautifully explained. But then in the history of India, there is another Kapila who is not Lord Kapila but an atheistic Kapila and that atheistic Kapila he also propagated this Sankhya philosophy and he completely rejected the existence of God he thought the non-existence of God through Sankhya philosophy this was completely in contradiction with what the original Sankhya philosophy that was taught by Lord Kapila so this atheistic Kapila he came and he propagated this Sankhya philosophy of non-existence you know non-existence of God he says that everything is actually ultimately we the consciousness and then we merge into the supreme consciousness there is nothing called that God so that is what Sankhya philosophy but basically Sankhya philosophy it explains us how to differentiate between Prakriti and Purusha Purusha is the spiritual existence and Prakriti is all the material existence. So how to separate the spiritual existence and material existence? The process, the process is what is called Sankhya philosophy. Now Sankhya philosophy deals heavily with the senses. There are totally 24 elements, the five working senses, the five knowledge acquiring senses, the eight elements that we have, earth, water, fire, air, ether, man, buddhi, hankar. So all these put together there are 24 elements and Sankhya explains it gives us the process of how to differentiate yourself the spirit self from the material things so that is Sankhya philosophy that's why it is called six darshana darshana means that which you can visualize that which you can practice I just want to let you know that there are a lot of philosophies that are propagated in the western world the Greek philosophy is there there is this uh, Mesopotamian philosophy many philosophies are there but 
most of those philosophies western philosophies are only theoretical but whereas when we say darshana darshana is not just philosophy but it also explains the process of how to achieve the end result of that particular philosophy that's why they are called shat darshana darshana means it gives you the process many western philosophies they give you the philosophy but they don't give you the process of how to achieve achieve that ultimate goal of that philosophy so that's why sankhya is explained here analytical study already krishna has explained in the previous section that how we are not this body we are the spirit soul so so many different analogies he has given that this is just body just like a cloth it is not you so, so many things we have discussed about it that sankhya philosophy is done so now krishna is saying now listen to the knowledge of yoga so this word yoga it comes from the root word called yuj yoga means the union between two people and when we say yoga in the vedic terms the yoga is nothing but it is a process or it is the process which actually unifies the jivatma to the parmatma so when we actually get connected to the supreme lord the jivatma that we connect ourselves with the supreme lord that process is called yoga yuj but now you know there are so many crazy ideas about yoga you will not believe there is something called as rabbit yoga there is something called as bear yoga there is something called as deer yoga and uh, i mean all varieties of self concocted yoga systems have already come into the market so and they completely misrepresent the actual system of yoga that is being taught in the bhagavad gita and in the vedic scriptures so especially patanjali yoga it deals uh, with the ashtanga yoga process it's a quite elaborate process and we the people in kali yuga actually cannot even perform that because our lifespan is too sh- too short so yoga means the unification but ultimately unfortunately uh, this word is misconstrued today especially we are interested in this bhagavad gita because bhagavad gita is called the yoga shastra bhagavad gita is called the yoga shastra in bhagavad gita there are 18 chapters and all these 18 chapters are actually titled so beautifully that they end with yoga like for example the very first chapter is called arjuna vishada yoga second chapter it is called as sankhya yoga third chapter karma yoga fourth chapter gnana yoga fifth chapter sanyasa yoga sixth chapter dhyana yoga seventh chapter it is vijnana yoga so that way until 18 chapter you will see that there is it's all different yoga vibhuti yoga there is uh, 11 chapter is called as uh, vishwarupa darshana yoga and then final 18 chapter is called moksha yoga so it's all yoga that's why bhagavad gita is called yoga shastra if you take this bhagavad gita out of 700 shlokas you will see this word yoga at least comes 78 times in the whole bhagavad gita 78 times this word yoga is been uh, used in bhagavad gita 
not just that the derivatives of yoga for example there is word yogi juj yuyam all such derivatives of yoga it is about 155 times so you can see the whole bhagavad gita actually has so much of this word very frequently used used called yoga so bhagavad gita is a yoga shastra and we are reading this very beautiful nectarian yoga shastra so that we can perfect ourselves and understand the real deeper meanings of human existence so so beautifully krishna is explaining here that this is what i am going to explain now to you arjuna that is yoga let us understand what is this yoga now krishna wants to connect okay i have told you enough about sankhya now i want to further take this concept this idea so that you understand what is yoga see the vedic literature are broadly classified into karma kanda jnana kanda and upasana kanda so the karma kanda section basically talks about you know you do this particular ritual you perform this yoga this particular uh, yagna then you will get this result uh, then uh, you do this activity uh, you will get elevated to the heavenly planet like in the previous uh, shloka krishna was telling you fight and you will go to heavenly planet you do this you will you will get a particular result you know putri kamesti yagna you want a son you perform this yagna you will get a son ashwamedha yagna all these ritualistic things are mentioned in the karma kanda and the whole karma kanda section is very pleasing to a certain section of the people who want to enjoy in this material world when people want to enjoy this material world veda says all right you anyway you want to enjoy but i will give you a certain way to certain understanding of how to enjoy this material world so that karma kanda section explains how to enjoy bhoga bhoga means all that i want to enjoy myself all the pleasures are meant for me i want to enjoy myself so that individualistic pleasure that we get that is called bhoga but this bhoga my pleasure working for our own pleasure is called the karma kanda supports all these self satisfaction self pleasure that is all explained in the vedic rituals in the karma kanda section but whereas krishna is saying i want to explain you not just karma kanda but karma yoga karma yoga means you perform your activities but not for your own pleasures but for the satisfaction and the pleasure of the supreme lord when you do that way so krishna is saying when you work in such a way for the satisfaction for of the lord and for the pleasure of the lord then you will not be bound by the result of your works See, when I actually work and I get a certain result out of that, I either enjoy or suffer based on the activities, based on the activities that I perform, the karma that I have performed. But here, Krishna is saying, when you work for the pleasure of the Supreme Lord, then you are not bound by the happiness and distress, the results of your works. It is a very interesting thing because every action that you perform is actually binding you. because you are acting we are all acting for our own satisfaction and the more we get bound in this material world which means we again have to come into this material body and again enjoy and suffer so krishna is saying yoga karma yoga please involve this it is for krishna's pleasure and then krishna very beautifully is explaining here buddhi yoga use your buddhi intelligence 
and at this point i want to let you know that this particular term buddhi yoga is again very frequently used in the bhagavad gita but buddhi yoga the meaning of buddhi yoga is not frozen in dictionary please understand the sanskrit terms many times they have multiple meanings and based on the context we need to understand the meaning of the word so this buddhi yoga right now here it actually means buddhi yoga you use your intelligence but the same buddhi yoga in the future sections chapters will tell us that actually it also refers to bhakti yoga we will understand that as we go forward but now krishna is saying when you use your buddhi to understand this concept of yoga then what will happen is you will actually get atma gnana by performing karma which is for the pleasure of god you are going to get lot of atma gnana you will become free from this attachment to this body so that is krishna that's what krishna is explaining here and then krishna is saying by doing so you will become self realized at this point i just want to you know mention a very nice uh, story to uh, all of you probably you must have heard but the first section of the story is what i'm going to explain but you will all help me to understand the second section of the story so let's see how you understand i think it's better that you really focus now and listen to the story very carefully so here there was a very rich merchant and this rich merchant was very wealthy and he had four wives this merchant had four wives and the fourth wife she was very good and whatever she asked for anything that she demanded this husband this rich merchant used to give her she asked for the best clothes for the best of the jewelry or anything that best food anything she asked the best of the best things were given to this fourth wife and she was quite happy and contented and he was like throwing everything for her so much wealth he was actually investing on her so he was uh, quite happy with her and then there was this third wife this third wife was extremely beautiful very very beautiful whenever he went to any of the parties any social gatherings and functions he used to take this third wife to flaunt you know oh i see just see as my wife she's so beautiful and he wanted to show it off ah i have a beautiful wife and make other people jealous <laughs> but although she was very beautiful and she took her everywhere across the world for the biggest of the biggest gatherings deep within somewhere he had this fear that this third wife may actually one day ditch him and go and run away with someone else so this fear was there with him and the second wife the second wife was very very intelligent extremely intelligent whenever he needed some advice whenever he needed some counseling he used to go and meet the second wife and she used to actually help him out and sort out all his problems so second wife was very intelligent and he always approached her for for any uh, solutions and problems that he was facing and the first wife she was the most most neglected wife of all this fellow never even 
gave her any proper food clothing he completely ignored her and she had become so lanky she could not even walk properly talk properly and absolutely no no love for this person but this fellow was somehow always trying to ignore her but this fourth this first wife was quite attached she always wanted to come closer to him but somehow this fellow always ignored this uh, first wife so now at this point it so happened days passed by months passed by years passed by and gradually this rich merchant actually he became old he grew old and when he was old he was on the death bed he was so scared at this point this rich merchant was thinking that all my life i have never lived alone i had four wives with me and i always used to spend time with them but now when i die i'm going to go to another world how can i actually stay alone i definitely need at least one of my wife so on the death bed he decided that oh i'm not going to go alone i want someone with me so i'm going to call one of my wife to join with me and then the he calls the fourth wife and he explains to her see i'm going to die very shortly and i really don't want to go alone will you come with me and this fourth wife this fourth wife she said what you have given me everything i understand and really thankful to all that things that you have you have given me but i am not going to come along with you i am not going to come she just left him and that's all he was shattered she had invested so much of money gave her the best of the best things but now she is saying that she doesn't want to join you die i am going that's all and she went away then he thought all right okay i'm moros but i'm sure that at least my third wife may come and join with me so the third wife was called and when he started speaking to the third wife and he explained to her the third wife said what you want me to come with you oh man come on you just die after your death i'm going to go and marry someone else i'm going to stay my life with someone else i don't want to be with you i don't want to come with you and that's all he was even more deeply hurt now because even the third wife which he had always had that fear that she will go with someone else and she did then he thought okay my second wife i think she is the one who can actually join and she is always given so wonderful counsel to me and i am going to ask her and that is how she uh, she was called the second wife and then he explained to her that i am going alone why don't you join me please come with me and this second wife said i really can't come i am so sorry i will come but i will come only until your graveyard but beyond that point i am really sorry i cannot come so she said that she can come only till the graveyard but beyond that no even she said please excuse me i cannot i am really sorry for that but i completely empathize with you i am really sorry for all that you are going through but i cannot come beyond that point and then he was totally morose and he was completely shattered because all his wives uh, had actually neglected rejected him and at this point at this point he didn't have that 
guts to call the first wife because all his life he has actually ignored her and he was crying bitterly that I have ignored my first wife and all the three wives are not ready to come with me and when he was just thinking how will I go alone there comes the voice which says hey I am going to come with you I will not leave you I want to be with you and that was the first wife and when he sees this lean and lanky first wife he becomes even more sorrowful because all throughout his life he had neglected this first wife and now she's the one who actually wants to be with him and she wants to come along with him so he was feeling so guilty about all the actions that he had performed now i throw up this question to all of you just like this merchant had four wives each one of us we have four wives in our life i have four wives lasya has four wives dev chandan has four wives we have purple tag also who has four wives achyutanji has four wives so now please help me and make me understand who are these four wives in our life i have explained to you very beautifully what are these different qualities of these four wives so who is that fourth wife who wants to unmute and explain to me who is the fourth wife you can just unmute yourself okay let me see in the comment section who is the fourth wife in our life tina ji is saying it is soul no it's not soul the fourth wife kumi gave everything you know whatever she has the best of the food the best of the clothing the best of the jewelry lasya is saying greed no who is the fourth Chaitanya is saying wealth, no. Good guesses, by the way. Who is the fourth wife? Exactly, Dave. Dave got it. So Dave said it is body. This body is the fourth wife. All throughout our life, we give the best of the food. We give the best of the clothing. We give all the expensive jewelry to this body. and this body at the point of death it will just say hey, come on i am not going to come with you you die you go wherever you want but i am not going to come that's all at the point of death this body just gives up everything we pamper this body all throughout our life but then at the point of death this body will just say please excuse me boy and that's all it's gone so this fourth wife is represented by our own body which is not going to follow along with us good very nice fantastic so let me see who is going to guess the third wife now who is the third wife who is the third wife achyutanji singh ego okay the third wife is pride vidhan chandan ji okay purple tag is saying family no no okay by the way who is this physical appearance ah here you go gina mata ji you got it it's well it is well what happens is just like this third wife you see at the point of that she said oh i am not going to be with you i am going to marry someone else so all the property all the wealth that we acquire working so hard in this lifetime what happens to it at the point of that it goes to someone else it is inherited by our own family members if you are lucky if no then it will be snatched by somebody else so all the hard work that you have put into acquiring so much of wealth 
will not follow, will never come with you. It's just going to get inherited by someone else. So fantastic, very nice. So the third wife is the wealth. So now let's see who is the second wife. Who is the second wife? Fantastic. Yes, Chaitanya. That is it. You got it first. So the second wife is the family, the friends. You see, each one of us, we have the second wife, the family and the friends. Whenever we have any problems in life, we go to our family, we go to our friends, we discuss all the problems, the ups and downs in our life, and then we try to seek some solutions from them. And that is how we express our emotions to them, isn't it? So that is how all these family and friends, all throughout our life, they give us a lot of emotional support, but then at the point of death, what they can do is, they will just come until our graveyard. Nobody will follow us. Even our own wife or husband, they will not follow us. Of course, in the olden Vedic times, there was Sati system, whereas uh, the wife voluntarily, she used to be uh, in the funeral pyre and she used to go along with the husband. So that was the system earlier. But anyway, but we don't see any of our family members, no matter how much we say that, yes, I love you so much, I love you so much. All throughout our life, we try to give so much to our family and friends. But then at the point of that, they say, oh, I'm really sorry, I can't come beyond the funeral yard. Please excuse me. You see, that's what, that's what happens with all of us. And then, who is the first wife? Who is the first wife? <laughs> Love towards God is saying and purple tag you got now. Of course, they've turned also got it. Fantastic, both of you. And that first wife is the soul. Actually, it's the most neglected wife. All of us are neglecting the soul so much. At least some of you have taken it seriously in the last few weeks coming and attending this Bhagavad Gita session and you are giving some attention to the soul but there are so many millions of people on this planet who have completely neglected the soul. They have no clue all throughout the life they are only pampering this body, they are pampering their friends and relatives, they are only pampering their wealth and trying to increase the wealth but you see they have completely lost that idea of yes we are a spirit soul and it is the most neglected wife. But at the point of that, who is going to actually come along with us? Yes, it is only the soul which actually comes with us. Body, the friends and everybody else will just fall apart. They will just stay back and they will say you goodbye. But it's only the soul which follows, which comes along with us. So, so that is why, that is why we need to actually understand and focus on what is the real essence of human existence? What is the purpose of my life? We should not simply waste our life in pampering this body. We should definitely have friends and relatives and we try to give them all the emotional support and take emotional support from them. But still, we need to understand what is the ultimate purpose of life. I'm not saying that you should not earn money. We should earn money all that you can, but then you should know the proper utility of earning money. That's extremely important. So, Krishna is saying, My dear Arjuna, let's understand this yoga. You can do all that you want to do, but if you don't understand what is your real purpose, then everything is zero. 
see if you have 10 zeros or 20 zeros the value is still zero but when you put one as a prefix to the zero then it has value it becomes 10 it becomes 100 it becomes 1000 it becomes 10000 it can become a million or a 10 million or a trillion also that one is important and that one is actually the supreme lord krishna if you have all those material things beauty you have intelligence you have big big uh, degrees you have uh, so much of education all those are actually only zeros in our life all zeros without any value you may acquire a lot of zeros but they have no value unless you add that one krishna before all those things extremely important so let's go and chant the second the next words verse number 30 so now i request uh, yes it was lasya who joined so lasya unmute yourself and let's chant the second words of today's session and that is verse number 40 so are you ready unmute yourself neha vikramana shosti Satyavayo na vidyate Swalpamapyasya dharmasya Prayate mahato bhaya Wonderful, let's do that once again. Nehavikramanashosti Pratyavayo na vidyate Svalpamasya Svalpamapyasya dharmasya Trayate mahato bhaya Wonderful. Please repeat the translation. In this endeavor there is no loss or diminution and a little advancement on this path can protect one from the most dangerous type of fear wonderful thank you so this is uh, another very beautiful shloka and if some of you are memorizing the verses of the Bhagavad Gita this is one of them you can make a note of it and you can memorize this very beautiful shloka Abhikrama means actually action you are performing a certain action you please perform a certain endeavor Abhikrama means to endeavor and Krishna is saying that anybody does a little bit of endeavor in this process of bhakti yoga or in the process of yoga in order to get connected with Krishna this is fantastic there is no loss at all but whereas if you simply perform materialistic activities then it is full of loss let's understand this a little bit you see, if someone 
has acquired double PhDs. You can say, oh, I have acquired double PhD and I have learned so much and uh, I want to do so much of research and so many things. But in this slide, you may be a double PhD, but when you take the next slide, you cannot say, oh, I am a double PhD holder and I want to start my research right away. No. When you take a new birth, you again have to start from A, B, C, D. You again have to start from 1, 2, 3, 4. So all the knowledge that you have acquired, double PhD or the masters or whatever knowledge, moment you die, we all die, all of our education falls apart and when we take the next birth, we need to start again from the kindergarten. What a loss it is. I mean, all the effort that I have put in understanding so much of, you know, environment and the science and everything around me, everything goes to waste and moment I take next life, I have to begin from the start. What a big loss it is. So there is no gain at all. Just imagine you have earned about 10 crores in this lifetime. So much of money. You have earned and you have put it in the bank. Your bank balance shows 10 crores. But then if somebody dies with 10 crores in the bank and then he takes again a new body and then he goes and tells the bank, Hey, in my previous life I have kept 10 crores. I want that. The bank will say, Sir, please, it doesn't belong to you anymore. Moment your identity is changed, all the money is gone. You may have acquired 10 crores in the previous life, but all the 10 crores will just vanish. It will all go out of your control when we live this body, when we leave this body. What a waste it is. Again, you have to start earning. Paisa by paisa, you have to again accumulate a lot of wealth. So in this material endeavor, when you keep enjoying a lot of things, when you start acquiring a lot of things, everything will come to a halt and you cannot carry forward anything. So all the endeavor is waste. It is all loose. There is no gain at all. What a big loss. So this is materialistic life. What? Who are called materialists? Those who are only busy acquiring materialistic things are called materialistic people. And all the effort and endeavor they are putting is actually a no gain, no gain activity. In reality, it is a no gain thing. There is a very beautiful story of Alexander the Great. Many of you have heard about Alexander the Great. Such a great warrior. I mean, at the age of just 16, 17, he had conquered so many places all over the world. He wanted to be the emperor of the whole world. And this Alexander the Great, after conquering so much, he fell sick, very badly sick. He was terminally, terminally ill and he was about to die. And then Alexander makes an announcement and says to his ministers, please go and tell to all the people in the kingdom that if anybody can exchange one month of his life, just one month of his life, I am going to give 50% of my kingdom to them. And none of them came, not even a single person from the kingdom came forward to exchange one month of their life in return for such a big kingdom. Alexander said, again, he made an announcement, at least one week, if somebody can exchange, I'm going to give them 70% of all the kingdom that I have already have. None of them came from the kingdom, not even a single person. He said, one day, I'm going to give all my wealth to this person, the whole kingdom to this person. 
can anyone exchange just one day in return so that I can live for at least one day and nobody came and Alexander was shattered and that is what gave him a fantastic realization and he called his ministers and he said that oh my dear ministers I have three wishes will you fulfill my three wishes after my death and all the ministers said they bowed down and said my lord we will do everything that is needed please command us and that is when Alexander said that when I die ensure that my coffin is lifted by the doctors who have treated me my second wish is when my coffin is taken to the graveyard the path should be strewn with all the wealth that I have acquired the gems and the precious diamonds and all the things should be strewn on the street on which my coffin is taken and my third wish is ensure that my coffin has two holes and ensure that my both hands are dangling outside the coffin and now the minister said all uh, they agreed and said my dear master we will do exactly what you have said and we will fulfill your three wishes but please let us know why do you want to have these three wishes and that is when Alexander explained he said that the first wish I want my doctors to lift my coffin he says that I want to show to the people that when you have to die no matter how many best doctors you have around you they cannot save you the best of the medicine the best of the medical science and doctors cannot actually protect you when your time comes to go so I want to send this message and the second wish let people know that Alexander the Great who has acquired so much of wealth so much of kingdom all that money could not buy him a little life none of this money could buy him life he had to still go and all this was just thrown on the street has no value at the point of death and then the third wish that yes my hand should be dangling outside my coffin so that people know that Alexander the Great had come empty-handed and is going empty-handed such a powerful realization it is I really want to tell all of you this is extremely important many times in life we become so entangled with our day-to-day -day activities that we completely forget we become very complacent in understanding this reality the hard fact of life and we all have to face death one day but then we are not prepared so it is a very good time for us to actually understand the science of Bhagavad Gita, the science of yoga before we hit that last day of our life so my dear devotees please take life very seriously and do not waste even a single moment in this life human life is very precious Chanakya Pandit very beautifully explains that how precious human life is and especially time in human life should not be wasted at all he says Ayushaha shana ekopi nalabhya swarna kotibihi so he says that that Ayusha human life even one moment lost is lost forever no matter you spend millions of dollars and precious diamonds swarna kotibihi even for exchange of millions of gold coins you cannot give you cannot get back that one second that you have already lost
it is 11.54 now. This 11.54 on the date of 20th September 2020, once gone out of your life, is gone forever. It is never going to come back again into your life, even if you want to exchange billions of gold coins in your life. So wonderful. So time is extremely important. We cannot actually uh, be complacent when it comes to time. So that is why we need to make every single second Krishna conscious. Every single moment we have to be thinking of the Lord. And that is the ultimate instructions of the Bhagavad Gita. Krishna is going to say that in the future. Man mana bhagavad bhakto madhyajimam namaskuru. He is saying man mana. Keep thinking of me. Keep remembering me Arjuna. So you see, time is so precious and human life is so precious. I think uh, we definitely don't have to uh, waste a single moment. We need to take full advantage of this human form and make our life perfect. So this is what Krishna is saying here. Alexander was one example. You see another example in our own Mahabharata, Duryodhana. Duryodhana was such an evil person. When Krishna went to Hastinapura to you know propose that peace proposal was there so that you know there is no war and like a Shanti Ruth he went there to Hastinapura and he said Duryodhana just give five villages to the five brothers the five Pandavas and they will be happy because they are Kshatriyas they have to rule some kingdom just give them five villages and what Duryodhana said oh Krishna what forget about five villages I will not give them land which is even as small as the tip of the needle. I am not going to give them that much land also. Forget about five villages. And this very same Duryodhana, when he was dying, all that he had, Hastinapura and everything, did he take anything? None of them. None of them. So, our egos will be shattered. Death is so powerful. Mrityu Sarva Harashchaham, Krishna says, all these materialistic people will also see me, but they will see me in the form of death. Mrityu Sarvaharashtaham, Krishna says again in the Bhagavad Gita, that I am death and I am going to devour all of these people, materialistic people. So that is how we need to actually take care of this human existence, human life, completely utilize this human life. Very beautiful. Spiritual quotient is only with human beings. No other animal, no other species can actually inquire all these beautiful things that we are discussing today, right? So, and on the contrary, this is material life, there is spiritual life also. So spiritual life is no loss. It is, that's why Krishna is saying in this word, Swalpam apiasya dharmasya, trayate mahato bhayat. Oh my God, such a wonderful thing it is. Swalpam apiasya dharmasya, even the little dharma that you do, that is going to sit in your permanent bank account. And it will be carried forward life after life, life after life. That is what is Swalpamapiyasya Dharmasya. Uh, there was this uh, small rat. This small rat, you know, it entered the puja room once. And then it was actually trying to find some food inside the puja room. And it so happened that the diya, the lamp, was gradually getting extinguished. And this this small rat, it goes there and accidentally it pushes this wick, cotton wick upwards and ignites and the dia starts brightly again, uh, you know, it burns very brightly and starts spreading light. 
this small accidental act of rat was actually observed by Krishna and this he takes as a service. Krishna says, oh, this rat has done service to me today by ensuring that the diya was not off. And that goes into the permanent, permanent bank account of that rat, that particular soul. So any little bit, this session, the Bhagavad Gita session that you are attending today, it is investment of time. Many of you are expert financial advisors and financial, uh, you know, you do very good financial management, which I am very bad at. <laughs> so now, all of you are so expert in financial management, Krishna is saying you also become expert in spiritual management. Your spiritual asset is this wonderful time that you are sharing, you are coming and investing in understanding Bhagavad Gita, in reading Bhagavad Gita, associating with the people, eating prasadam is also an investment. So any spiritual activity that you do, it goes and sits into your permanent bank account. Suppose in this lifetime, you have done 80% of your spiritual activity. You could not finish 100%. In the next life, you will begin from 80%. It is not that you have to again start from the beginning. That is why spiritual life is no loss activity. Whereas material activities, it is full loss. It is no gain activity. That is why Krishna is saying, Arjuna, in this path of spirituality, there is no loss. Just keep continuing, continue to do whatever you are doing and you will attain the Supreme very quickly, very wonderfully. So, that is what Krishna has explained here. And uh, let's go to the next words. I see there is a very beautiful uh, shloka again coming up. So now I request uh, Vinodji, please unmute yourself and let's chant the next words, the 41st words. And very beautiful. Okay. So you're there, Vinodji? Okay, looks like Vinodji has some issue there with the audio. Uh, Hina Mataji, are you there? Okay, wonderful. So please repeat the 41st word. Vyavasayatmika buddhir Ekeha kurunandana Bahushakaya Nantasya Buddha Yogavatainam. Wonderful, let's do that once again. Vyavasayatmika Buddha Ekeha Kurunandana. Bahushakaya Nantascha Buddha Yogavasainam Wonderful, please repeat the translation. Those who are on this path are resolute in purpose and their aim is one. O beloved child of the Kurus, the intelligence of those 
who are irresolute is many branched thank you so much so again a very very interesting shloka and uh, very beautifully krishna is explaining to arjuna there are two types of people here so in this shloka krishna is explaining there are two type of people one is vyavasayatmika buddhir he says that there are people who are very vyavasayatmika very focused extremely focused and there are people who are very distracted so in the path of yoga there are people who are very focused and there are people who are distracted and i think uh, most of us fall in the second category we are quite distracted although we want to follow the spiritual path there are so many other botherations and distractions that actually take us away from the path of spiritual life so krishna is exactly explaining this here in the 41st word he is saying vyavasayatmika buddhi vyavasayatmika very resolute in nature so those people who have very strong focused resolution they will continue on this path of yoga to grow in this path of yoga very quickly but there are some people who will not ekeha kurunandana ekeha just focused on one thing we are not multi branch they are not bahushakari anantasya they are not multi branch they are just focus on one thing and that is exactly what happens with many spiritualists they become focused yogis they focus on just one thing and the goal is to prem lord they are just so focused on the lord that they don't want they are least bothered about oh my hunger my thirst my clothing no they are not bothered about these things whatever krishna gives naturally comes i'm going to accept it but i'm not going to over endeavor to acquire all these things so they are so focused wonderful so in uh, when we want to take certain resolutions and i'm sure that most of you take resolutions especially during the new year time on 31st night many people take resolutions and they say that oh yes by jan 31st i am going to reduce at least 5 kgs i am going to reduce my weight that's the resolution and on 31st night there is a big party on first night there is a big party and when you go to the party there is a big feast there and in the big feast you will see all the different delicacies there is rasgulla there is paneer butter masala and there are so many beautiful dishes there and then your mind will say hey come on you can take one gulab jamun just one of them and then you say yeah i want to reduce my weight but anyway I have one more month, and I can reduce my weight. Then you take one gulab jamun. Ah, it's so nice, so wonderful. You really feel so nice after having that one gulab jamun. And then your mind says, "Hey, come on, let's take one more. It is so delicate, it's so wonderful, it's so tasty." And then your mind will say, "Come on, no problem, because you eat now two gulab jamuns and extra paneer. But tomorrow you go to the gym and work out double. So that's going to be really wonderful, very nice." So mind will say all these things, and you will agree. Yeah, come on, yeah, I can eat two gulab jamuns. You actually end up eating five gulab jamuns. And then it's not just on first of Jan. All the thirty days, you will keep hogging and hogging and hogging on so much food. And then when you check your weight 
on 31st Jan, instead of losing 5 kgs, you have actually gained 5 kgs. So this is how the mind will trick us. We wanted to be very resolute. On 31st night, you were so determined that, yes, I want to reduce my weight. But on 31st Jan, oh, it's all gone. It's completely opposite. So that happens in everything that we do most of the time. Uh, it happens sometimes with me, not all the time. I'm sure some of you must have experienced these situations in your life. That many times you want to do something, but months pass by, but we really don't even start that activity. Many of you think, oh yes, I want to become a very good painter. I want to finish this painting. I want to learn uh, you know, some shokas of Sanskrit or I want to learn music. You take a lot of resolution, but then it never starts. For example, this year, 2020, I had a resolution. I will start um, making YouTube videos on Mahabharata. I have not touched Mahabharata until now. It's already September. All my resolution is gone. And I am simply doing so many other things, but I didn't get a chance to do, start Mahabharata. I want to really start Mahabharata. But anyways, so this is what happens. We are multi-branched. We are not single-minded. We are not focused on one single thing. And one more, what happens is, when we are focused, we achieve goals. When we achieve goals, we are very happy. We feel that happiness. But when we are not focused, we don't achieve goals, our goals. And that will lead to a lot of frustration, right? Materially also, spiritually also. For example, you know, this is 2020 and this is 2025. Point A, point B. So 2020, you have taken a resolution that you will complete Bhagavad Gita, reading Bhagavad Gita completely. 2025, you want to not just read, but you also want to speak about Bhagavad Gita. Anything, it can be any goal of yours. So 2020 is here, 2025 is here, and you want to speak on Bhagavad Gita. You want to give lectures like me by 2025. And gradually you are moving, you are very focused. 2021, one year you are fully focused. In 2021, some small distraction will come. Maybe a TV serial or movies on Netflix. Or if there are any people, then boyfriend or girlfriend, a little deflection will come. A slight deflection, one degree deflection at 2021. And then with that slight deflection, you start moving, 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 moving. And 2025, instead of reaching point B, you will reach point C. So now from point C to point B, you need to put a lot of extra effort, extra time. Why? Because you lost that focus. So whenever we lose focus on doing certain activities, the end result is we end up actually giving up, investing a lot of time and energy. So Vivasayatmika Buddhihi. So these are people who are there are people who are focused and there are people who are completely distracted. Krishna is saying there are people on this path of yoga who are very focused and who are distracted. Buddhayo Vivasayana. Wonderful. So oh we have a great uh, Audience here today, we have uh, Deepal uh, Mataji also who has joined us and uh, Purple also has joined us. Great. So now I request uh, Chaitanya, please unmute yourself and let's chant the next word. It's very interesting. So, verse number 42. Actually, 42 and 43 both are combined 
So let's chant both the verses together. So Chaitanya, you're there. Chaitanya. Okay, looks like. Okay, great, wonderful. Thank you. So please repeat. Yamimam Pushpitam Vacham. Pravadantya Avipashtitaha Vedavada Ratapatha Nanyat Astiti Vadinaha Kamatmanahaswargapara Janma Karma Palaprada Kriya Vishesha Bhavulam Bhogeshwaryagatim Prati Wonderful. Please repeat the translation. Men of small knowledge are very attached to the flowery words of the Vedas which recommend various spiritual activities for elevation to heavenly planets resultant good birth power and so forth being desirous of sense gratification and opulent life, they say that there is nothing more than this. Fantastic, thank you so much. So now this is very interesting and this is wonderful sloka. Uh, so Krishna is telling here in this shloka who are these people who get distracted how they get distracted and why they get distracted and very interestingly Krishna is saying here men of small knowledge are very much attached to the flowery words of the Vedas and Krishna is saying that yam imam pushpitam pushpitam vacham pushpita flowers so these people are so attracted to materialistic results that they satisfy all these materialistic results by following Vedas. So in the Vedas, like I told you earlier, there is the Karma Kanda portion. So this Karma Kanda portion is very very dear to people who want to enjoy this material world. When they want to enjoy this material world, they take all that is there in the Vedas which can support their ideology of enjoying. They are so attached to enjoy their senses that they think that if we get a nice authority from the Vedas itself to enjoy, then our enjoyment is authorized. So we are not doing any papa. We are going to enjoy more and more. Such a wonderful thing it is. Isn't it? So they want to take the support of Vedas and enjoy sense gratification. So Vedas have that section of uh, 
uh, you know, explanation where they can really, really enjoy materialistic life and uh, get all the materialistic results. That's why there are so many examples performed. The Vedas actually tell that uh, yes, you can eat non-vegetarian food. If you want to eat non-vegetarian vegetarian food, then you have to do this particular ritual on the day of Amavasya, in front of Kali. Then other mantras are there where you say that Mamsaha, Mamsa means the word Mamsa means my dear God, I'm killing you now, but in future life you can kill me. That is what we are discussing there. We are telling, we are giving the authority and who is the witness? Kali is the witness. Kali is a, she is a Vaishnavi, she will never accept any non-vegetarian food. If you go to Calcutta, they will say all the mutton shops and all those things will have Kali Prasad. They will mention as Kali Prasad. No, Kali will never take a non-vegetarian food. She is just the witness. Mamsa means I am killing you now and you have the full authority to kill me in the future. That is the meaning of Mamsa. So like that, you want a good son, then Putra Kameshti Yagna. Uh, even Dashrath Maharaj performed this Putra Kameshti Yagna. Oh, you don't have son? Okay, you do this Yagna, then this ritual, then you will get this uh, nice son. You want a good husband or a wife, then you uh, pray to Uma and Parvati and they will give you a good husband and wife. So, good children, then pray to Shashti Devi. So many things are there. Vedaka, this whole Dharmakanda is filled, the Vedas are filled with these many rituals. And people take advantage of these things and they want to enjoy this material world. They have no idea that Vedas are also having something more to offer. There is Jnana Kanda, there is Upasana Kanda. They don't want to enjoy that. They don't want to understand that. Because they are too busy, too busy enjoying their senses. In our own life, in our own family, sometimes we see there are people who are doing social bhakti. You know what is social bhakti? Social bhakti means you get up in the morning and there are people who do a little bit of puja, they will do some agarbhakti and diya and uh, they will pray something, whatever comes to their mind, my lord please make my business double today, uh, you know let me get more customers, so all these kind of things they will do, that's why that agarbhakti, I am giving you this much, then you give me that much. They will go to Tirupati and they will tell that, oh my lord please, I am going to put 100 rupees in Undi, you give me 10,000 rupees. Again, I'll come and put 1,000 rupees, you give me 10, 1 lakh rupees. So, all this transaction happening. And many times, the children also, you know, the students, they go and they break one uh, coconut. They say that if I pass this time, I'm, after passing, I'm going to offer 100 coconuts. So, all this is what? Transactional. This whole process is very transactional. And people enjoy this. It's all mentioned in the Vedas. This is called social bhakti. Social bhakti means where, you know, in India when we morning, especially in Maharashtra, you see that people eat that poha, no poha. Actually the main course, you want to enjoy. You want to eat that poha. But on top of that poha, you squeeze a little bit of lemon juice to give that punch, to give that taste. So social bhakti is also like that lemon juice. You want to enjoy all the materialistic things that you want, enjoy all your senses, but on top of that, a little bit of bhakti is squeezed. Yes. You know, just in case, let me offer a little bit of other bhakti, a little bit of coconut, just in case. If God is there, then you know he'll take care of me. So this kind of social bhakti is not what Krishna is recommending. He's saying this is waste. 
because these things these rituals will give you materialistic benefits but materialistic things are no gainer they are no gain so for any intelligent person it is actually not very difficult to make a choice between materialistic things and spiritual things if somebody is really wanting to progress in spiritual life then why go for these materialistic things isn't it so this social bhakti please avoid many people do this in the meetings also gatherings i have seen oh you know my guru is this oh you have this guru you don't have a guru oh you should have a guru then everybody will go and have a guru it's a fashion today to have a guru is become a fashion just like you know you have a dog at home and oh you don't have a dog at your home your neighbor will come and tell you then you will feel oh i should also have a dog let me have a dog so that kind of a things have come up now oh you don't have a guru let me go and take some guru let me accept some guru no this is all social bhakti please understand so such thing krishna will never appreciate so hiranyakashipu these people this materialistic people are actually interested only in bhoga and aishwarya bhoga means enjoyment aishwarya means wealth whom do they want to enjoy wine and women this materialistic people their whole focus is on only two things they are driven by wine and women bhoga and aishwarya hiranyakashipu epitomizes this bhoga and aishwarya hiranyakashipu you know who is hiranyakashipu hiranyakashipu is the father the great terrorist who is the father of pralad maharaj the great devotee so this hiranyakashipu hiranya means gold kashipu means soft bed gold soft bed bhoga and aishwarya they want to enjoy bhoga lot of lot of wealth and enjoy soft bed with the women so that is what is hiranyakashipu so we should not have hiranyakashipu mentality please understand we have to have pralad maharaj qualities and pralad maharaj mentality that consciousness is what we need to develop right so hiranyakashipu mentality should not be developed in us so that's why krishna very beautifully saying yam ima pushpitam vacham pushpitam why is he comparing these words of vedas flowery language of the vedas to flowers because you see flowers they are very fresh initially but later on after few days they wither out and all the fragrance is gone so similarly these people who get all the materialistic results by performing materialistic activities they are very happy initially because they get lot of materialistic things but ultimately the results that they get will fade away like pushpitam like flowers so that is what krishna is explaining here and it is very beautiful so we should know please my understand the devotees nothing is going to come along with us even our own name will not come along with us after death when i die i'm sure my friends and family members when they will lift my body they will say they will not say rasagna ka utao rasagna ko leke chalo rasagna ko abhi bari karo rasagna ko abhi burn karo they will not say like that body ko utao body ko leke chalo body ko jalao you see people will not even take my name once i am dead they will say only body 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 ko utao you see this when you go to attend any funeral they will they will talk like this they will not say mere ko papa ko utao mere papa ko jalao they will say body ko utao body ko jalao so our own name will not come with us please understand our name will not come along with us so why are we so attached to so many material things 
So please, please completely get rid of all these things gradually by the knowledge of Bhagavad Gita. Please understand the knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita and make your life perfect. That is amazing. So now, uh, Krishna has explained all these things. Today I want to finish this uh, another work, very short and beautiful work which is connected. And then we will uh, continue further in the next session. But before we end the session, I want to have another last sloka. And I want to call uh, Purple. Uh, can you please unmute and try to repeat the shloka? I will display it on the screen. Purple Tack. Yeah, please repeat after me. Bhogeshwarya Prasartanam Taya Pratachetasam Vyavasayatmika Buddhi Samadona Vidyate Wonderful. Let's do this once again. You tried it very well. Let's try once again. Bhogaishwarya Prasattanam Taya Pratachetasam Vyavasayatmika Buddhi Samadona Vidyate Wonderful, very nice boy. Please repeat the translation. In the minds of those who are too attached to sense enjoyment and material opulence and who are bewildered by such things the resolute determination of devotional service to the Supreme Lord does not take place. Thank you so much. Okay. So now, so interesting that uh, Krishna is explaining here Bhogashwarya Prasaktanam So people who are too attached to Bhoga and Aishwarya Wealth, money and women Materialistic enjoyment and materialistic opulence Such people will not take up to Krishna consciousness Such people's consciousness is hijacked So our consciousness gets hijacked And we will not be able to focus on Krishna who are those people whose minds will get hijacked? Consciousness will get hijacked? Those who are involved in Bhoga and Aishwarya. I have seen many people, many youngsters and many people, they initially take Krishna consciousness, they take up uh, Bhakti and uh, attending Bhagavad Gita classes very enthusiastically. But gradually, they miss out. They somehow fade away. They go away from this path. Why they don't come again is because they have some tendency towards Bhoga and Aishwarya. They want to enjoy materialistic life also. So they want to keep two legs in two different boats. So I want spiritual life also and I want material life also. When people have this kind of enjoyment attitude of keeping two legs in two boats, then they will drown in this material ocean. So that is why Krishna is saying, 
you have to be focused and be only on one board. Try to be on one board. Then it is very very nice for you. You will gradually float. You will naturally swim across this ocean of material existence. So people uh, they lose interest in spiritual life gradually because of Bhoga and Aishwarya. Even now many people don't come to such spiritual programs and spiritual activities is the is because they are too caught up with Bhoga and Aishwarya, materialistic enjoyment. It becomes difficult for them to take up Krishna consciousness, to take to be very resolute in their determination to follow this path. So let us not allow our consciousness to get polluted by Bhoga and Aishwarya. We need to take a little bit of tapasya and that tapasya is very simple. In Kali Yuga, we don't have to go to the jungle and stand on one leg. Nothing of that sort. Just chant the holy name. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. This Namasmaran, just chanting this holy name will purify our consciousness. And even though materialistic things will come and bombard our consciousness, we will reject them. It is my personal experience. Before I came to Krishna consciousness, so many other attractions were there. It takes time. It took almost a decade for me to get rid of certain things. But you have to be resolute. You have to be putting endeavor day after day after day after day after day. Then you will become very very pure in consciousness. Then you see, oh what an experience it is. The more pure you become, your consciousness gets pure, you can influence people. You will be so happy that anybody who comes in contact with you will become happy. It is very contagious. People will become happy just by osmosis, just by coming in contact with you because you are so happy. So Bhagavad Gita, the knowledge, this Jnana will make you happy. Ultimate happiness is there and we all want to be happy after all. Isn't it? So fantastic, very nice. We have discussed uh, very interesting uh, slokas today, very important slokas. And all these uh, slokas that we discussed, please try to memorize because amazing slokas, it will really help you. And uh, so nice that today one more young child has come, couple back with us. Uh, Let's take some questions. Uh, let me check if there are any questions here. So, Deepal uh, Hinge Mataji is here saying beautiful session today. Felt so touched. Thank you so much, Deepal Mataji. We really missed you for a long time. I understand there was uh, a loss in the family and you couldn't join us. But I'm really glad that you could join today and be a part of this session. And uh, hope you got a chance to listen to the recorded session. Hope everything is fine now. and. Uh, I'm really glad and happy that you could join and continue to join going forward also. That will be really very nice. Because there is so much, so much to share and so much to learn. And uh, there is so much that we can all learn together and grow together with Bhagavad Gita. So that will be really wonderful to see you again. Okay. So, Hina Mataji is asking, Prabhuji. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now I got, thank you so much. Now the mystery is revealed. The purple tag is none other than Vait Chandan. Thank you so much. And uh, he made a good attempt today to chant the sloka. So I'm really so happy that children are joining and chanting the slokas. So it will be wonderful. <laughs> so welcome, Vail, and uh, thank you for being a part of this session today. Very nice. And Chaitanya is saying, is it true that people in olden days performed yagnas to improve and increase their focus towards the Supreme Lord? Yes. 
there is the mention of yagnas like i told you there is uh, karma kanda gnana kanda and upasana kanda even in gnana kanda there are yagnas even in upasana kanda also there are yagnas but the end result is not to satisfy our own self but to satisfy the supreme lord that is why krishna is called as yagneshwara he is also called yogeshwara so he is the topmost yogi and he is also agneshwara because he is the enjoyer of all the agnas so now there were especially in treta yuga in satya yuga people used to do ashtanga yuga to achieve the supreme lord in treta yuga people used to achieve god by agnas so there were very very beautiful agnas performed and true yagna they used to achieve god and the yagnik brahmanas were very expert they used to chant mantras in a proper meter in proper chandas and just by their chanting they used to invoke the blessing of the lord in fact the lord used to appear before them the purity with which they used to chant the mantras could actually attract the lord that is how powerfully they used to chant and earlier the vedic brahmanas they never used any matchstick to ignite the fire they will chant one mantra agni mantra and the agni will be there so powerful they were they were extremely powerful so the mantras are very powerful extremely powerful so that is how uh, they used to invoke the blessings of the lord vedna in treta yoga because there is so much of wood that is required and so much of ghee is required any yagna means ghee is required now where do we get ghee and that to pure ghee so much of uh, cow slaughter is happening we don't have sufficient ghee in those yagnas they used to pour ghee after ghee buckets and buckets of ghee so that we cannot do today so yagnas are impractical and we don't have qualified brahmanas to chant those kind of mantras so that is why in kali yuga in uh, our yuga the best yagna is sankirtan yagna there is no other yagna recommended in kali yuga the best yagna is sankirtan yagna so it's a very simple yagna you just have to vibrate our tongue every single day just vibrate your tongue and chant hare krishna hare krishna 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 hare 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 rama hare rama 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 hare this is so simple and beautiful very joyful process in kali yuga uh, because we are all very fallen conditioned souls lord also understands our condition he has given us a simple process just take my name my dear devotees in body chain and just by taking his name you can purify your consciousness you can become vyavasayatmika buddhi so you can be focused so very simple the chanting of hari krishna mantra we will do it practical sometime uh, we will spend good amount of time doing it practically uh, we will have some japa sessions where uh, we can explore all these things very nicely okay so that is about uh, the yagna performance and dina mata ji asking can you please throw some light on the purushottam mahasa and importance of krishna devotion during this month uh, this particular month it is extremely important to hear and listen shrimad bhagavatam because shrimad bhagavatam was actually spoken during this month of purushottam mahasa earlier purushottam mahasa was called as malamasa why it is called malamasa because you know in our vedic astrology there is the movement of the sun and the movement of the moon it is called chandrayana and suryayana 
so the speed of the moon and the speed of the sun at which they move is different so every time when there is a movement when they move every year there is a difference of 11 days so every 3 years there is a difference of 30 plus days so it becomes a month one month so it used to be called as malamatra earlier malamasa malamasa in this particular masa no good activities will take place like vivaha samskara or upanayanam all these things were not to be done in this particular masa now the adishthatri devi of malamasa she felt very bad oh everybody is calling me malamasa everybody is calling me your your impure so she felt very bad so then she approached vishnu and she said this is what is happening to me please help and that is when lord uh, vishnu said that please do not worry going forward in this extra month i will personally be present and i will receive all the puja and punaskara and people need not do any materialistic activities like vivaha samskara or upanayanam or anything like that they will focus only in worshiping me in this particular masa and that is how you will also be glorified so lord accepted this position of uh, taking up this malamasa and he actually made it from malamasa to being the most holiest masa and any spiritual activity that you do in this purushottama masa will be the result of this will be multiplied by 16 times you will get 16 fold benefit of any spiritual activity that you do in this month so it is so wonderful see all of you are listening today to bhagavad gita so this benefit of listening to bhagavad gita on a normal day is now actually multiplied has become 16x so so much of benefit that we are getting me as a speaker and you as a listener are really benefiting wonderfully by uh, sharing this knowledge and listening this knowledge in this purushottama masa so now uh, there are many pastimes related to this and one such pastime is related to draupadi i just want to quickly mention this briefly uh, so draupadi uh, was actually uh, daughter of one rishi it beats my memory about his name i think it is uh, mandavi rishi so she was the daughter of mandavi rishi in her previous life and uh, she lost her mother at a very young age and the father also was uh, tapasvi and he went to the forest doing tapasya he completely forgot that my daughter has to get married he completely forgot and then he also passed away he had no this thing to take care of his daughter once durvasa muni visits the ashram of mandavi muni and sees his daughter crying and then uh, durvasa muni says what happened to you why are you so morose then this uh, daughter says that uh, i want to get married i am all alone and uh, then durvasa muni says why don't you do lot of yagna during lot of puja and punaskara vrata in uh, in uh, this malamasa she said what in malamasa you are asking me to do this uh, vrata i it is malamasa i can't do this so durvasa muni you know you know his anger is that the tip of his nose all the time so although he was angry he did not curse because she is the daughter of my friend because mandavi muni was a friend of durvasa he said i will not curse you but i can tell you one thing that please you do vrata to shiva please please uh, do lot of vrata to shiva uh, shiva and shiva will help you she did tapasya for 9000 years to please the lord shiva and after 9000 10000 years of uh, prayers to shiva shiva comes and 
my dear child, what do you want? Ask for a boon. She was so excited to get a husband. She said, please give me a husband. Please give me a husband. Please give me a husband. Five times she repeated. And every time she was at Tatastu, Tatastu, Tatastu. And then she said that you were going to be a wife of five husbands. And she was shocked. What? I am going to be a wife of five husbands? Yes, because you asked for five times. In the excitement, she called out. She said that I want husband five times. And that's how she was blessed with five husbands in the future life. So, this is very brief, but I have also shared, I have also shared a link of Srimad Bhagavatam Kata, one Bhagavatam Ustav that is happening every single day, early morning, 6 o'clock. My wife Aradhana is taking the sessions. Uh, I have sent the link earlier on YouTube channel. I am going to send it again tomorrow, the link from 6 to 6.50. Uh, every morning for this whole month, uh, we are discussing Srimad Bhagavatam. If time permits, please try to attend Srimad Bhagavatam. I think they tried attending the first day. So you can try to listen Bhagavatam during this month. That will be really very nice. Oh, fantastic. Wonderful. Very nice. So that's very interesting. And uh, you can please listen to those uh, Srimad Bhagavatam sessions uh, in the morning. So that's one thing we can do. And especially charity has to be given to... Uh, the Brahmanas or any temple you can go and do some charity and if possible go seva if there is any goshala nearby anything is possible if you can help some cows even go seva is extremely recommended during this month so try to do some go seva so that will be really nice in fact now today I am not in Bangalore I am in my hometown Hubli I have come and uh, I have come here to meet my parents and family members so I am going to also try and take uh, uh, my nephews and niece to uh, Goshala and do some Go Seva within this week. That's our plan for this week. It will be really nice to do some nice Seva during this month. So there are many more things I want to maybe create an exclusive talk on Purushottam uh, Mass and I'll try to share some more things related to Purushottam So alright then, I think we are done with uh, today's question.